Let's shake it up a little. Welcome to the Salt and Pepper Podcast, adding a little bit of salt and a little bit of spice to make your Tuesday just right. Here's your hosts, Lisa and Olivia. I, I think what I've what I've learned is that there's so much more at play than just you not being adequate at whatever it is you're trying to do. Um, and I I think that's been a difficult thing that I still I still deal with all the time because as soon as I I get a rejection or something something flops and I lose out on a project, it's so easy to immediately go to like what did I do wrong? Why was it not good enough? Why am I ever going to be good enough to get a project like that? There's so much out of your control. And so I, I just kind of stuck to continuing to do what I can do the best. Welcome to the Salt and Pepper podcast. My name is Lisa Brasser and Olivia disagrees. What's my name? You took my job. This is my job. What do you want from I, me? Do you want to, my do you job want me back. to work? <laughs> this is my job to intro the podcast. And that's Olivia. She is a pain in my butt. And she's a creator. And you, you're introducing me too. <laughs> I, I just take all of your parts. The whole thing. Fine. Her do current the whole obsession. Thing. Is what? What I is it? I don't even know. What I don't know what it. what it is either. I just see my last silver lining and the end says Olivia's physique is my inspiration. It's still there. What if I was the one that put it there, but I know you're struggling to remember stuff right now. So you're like, I don't remember writing that. I'm like, oh, huh, oh, weird. Of course you did. You did. You talked to me all about it. That's, I'm your 2020 inspiration. <laughs> you can't remember that. I'm your New Year's resolution body. Um, I'm Olivia Crin. I don't know if I'm supposed to introduce myself. I don't know what to do now. Um, I'm looking at Asher, Lisa's kitty. Um, what a hunk to the door oh um ups man just dropped off a package we so excited i wish i could get up right now <laughs> <laughs> we are at a different location today i'm at lisa's house little baby bear is probably sleeping maybe He's not sleeping, sleeping now oh, sleeping now yeah asher her big handsome man my first love first love before zav sitting on her lap and he's so cute um anyway my name is olivia crin i'm the creator of olivia crin a blog a podcast a free editing resource for all creatives or not creatives like if you just want to watch it and be like oh, i wish i could be as cool as her like you can do that too <laughs> and across from me is lisa brasser even though she already took my job i'm lisa i'm a wife a mom i'm pregnant great her pelvis hurts today oh gosh i'm just at the point where my pelvis hurts constantly it pops out of place (laughs) it's like disgusting um and i found out yesterday that's what my mom had so i have her to blame so is it like a thing yeah it's a i guess it's a thing if my mom had it and i have it I would say I've that's a thing. never heard that, but I will say it doesn't sound weird or inappropriate when you say your pelvis because that's like a bone. Yeah. So it just sounds like it hurts because you're not like, oh, my crotch hurts. Because <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> but it seem, but it seems more clinical than that, than just yeah. being like, okay, oh, my I'm crotch. so sorry about your crotch. <laughs> my crotch bone. <laughs> poor, poor Bryce. <laughs> Why do we always do this to the men sorry, in our lives? Sorry, Bryce. <laughs> 
Um, but that actually does sound painful. Your pelvis Getting bone is off popping. The spin bike. It takes me so long and I look old every single time, but I, and I make sounds to myself because I like need to get it out. It's like, uh, uh. Uh, but you're also pregnant and people know that. So I don't think they're like, dude, what is wrong with that? Oh gosh. So anyway, um, I have a joke. I don't know. Okay. What is it? Do you want to hear it? I think other people might. All right. So a guy walks into a bar and he sits down. And he's sitting there and he keeps, he, he hears something go, Hey man, how you doing? You look really good tonight. And he looks over the bartender and he goes, um, I'm sorry. What did you say? (laughs) Your face right now. I'm sorry. What did you say? He goes, I wasn't talking to you. I, or not, I wasn't talking to you. I didn't say anything. Okay. And then the guy is just sitting there and he's, you know, drinking or whatever. And then he hears, Hey, you look pretty good today. And he's like, who's saying that? And the bartender goes, oh, those are the peanuts. They're complimentary. Oh, no. I thought that was going to be like a really good joke. I I think it was funny. And I made it up. No, I didn't. No, you did not. I didn't. But sometimes I like to pretend because I make up good jokes sometimes. They always have a story. I hope this isn't your new thing because that was very painful. But, like, you kind of thought it was funny. Uh, Asher laughed. I laughed out of pain. Because you... Okay, whatever. My current obsession, which I think this has been my current obsession before, but I've been having, like, sweets and coffee in the morning. Nice. That's just, like, been my breakfast, Mm -hmm. which is Like, what kind of sweets, though? Oh, like a Danish Oh, like actual sweets. Oh, yeah wait what would you what what's i don't know because sometimes healthy people when they say sweets they're like (laughs) oh coconut with agave and a little bit of cinnamon and you're like that's not really sweets you're talking about like a donut um i mean i won't go that far but yeah donut i mean a danish and a donut are the same okay fine whatever but i I try to make myself feel better i love a donut I had a donut I last week. I love a donut. I don't say no to a donut. But I've I've been trying to eat better because I, I just love sweets. And so I've been trying to tone it down. So I've been having like walnuts in the morning mm. with um, like cream of wheat or oatmeal. Okay. Make it a little better for you. I don't know how to ever say that I don't like nuts without it sounding inappropriate. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I never really Just like liked at all. Um, I can Wait, you do eat cashews. Yeah, I can. I eat them to fill me. Like I can do almonds oh. more now. I used to hate yeah. them. I do them because I can. Like it fills me up, and especially when we're snack. traveling, and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I'll eat that because I know it'll help. Yeah, but I will never actually add it to something because I just don't like it. Oh, I love. I I love. It more so when I can add it to something, mm, but yeah, like, like almond tasting things. Oh gosh, almond croissant. Really, that's like my number one in the morning. Yeah, it's just yum. Not my favorite. I'm a fruit person though. I always, I always have. I'm a fruity gal. Yeah, I'm not a fruit person. Mm. I love apples, and that's kind of it. Really? Yeah. Weird. I know it's weird. I don't like huh. berries. I don't like any melon. Wow. I know. Sometimes I get like cantaloupe or like honeydew melon at the store and I get so excited to eat it after I eat lunch. It's like my dessert. So disgusting. Weird. You don't like strawberries? No. Strange. Well, I I don't really think that strawberries have a taste. I like wild strawberries Hmm. because I think that they actually 
are fruity where I, I feel like strawberries don't have a real taste to it. I don't know. I'm kind of crazy. But no, if you I add mean, it to something. I don't like a lot of things. Yeah. So. Right, but I'll like a fruit smoothie. I enjoy mm. that. I like yeah, veggies I guess, more than I do fruit. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I mean, it's not even like a ton of fruit is that good for you anyway. So it's not like you're like, I hate vegetables and I have to force myself to eat them. <laughs> no. Like I have a friend who hates water. Literally, she says it's like disgusting to her, which I don't know how. Sucks. But so then she's just like has had kidney stones a few times oh but she's like i don't know what to do because i hate water and i'm like well i guess just do anything you can add lemon add crystal light even even though i would never suggest that but do something yeah you have to do something i can't imagine hating water if i don't have water for like an hour i'm like oh my gosh i'm so dehydrated my skin's crying out to me yeah i wish i was that good but i'm not um so my silver lining well do i not get a current obsession oh i wasn't sure what the order was it's pregnancy brain i'm not kidding i thought it's you're just trying to really i also think this is all about me so yeah i think you're trying um, to step in on my turf can i start any of the podcasts i have some ideas sure (laughs) i just cut you out i will give you this (laughs) i just cut out everything olivia that's so funny you're like calling me asking me how to cut out my part you're like I'm just wondering I don't really know how to do this um so my current obsession is um my airpods I think I talked about this before but I think it was on the one that was deleted Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so my airpods pro I got them for Christmas and they're the best gift I've ever gotten and they're worth $250. I know that's like an obscene amount of money, but it's like Apple. So what are you going to do? And you use them all the time. I see you wearing them constantly. I wear them when I'm driving, even if you probably shouldn't. But like, it's the best. Oh, I, I, well, we, I guess we're always like voice messaging each other. So I always have one a lot of people and I'm talking about business a lot with people and I'm not going to text it. And I listen to podcast 24 seven. And Same. on my walks, it's the best. And I wear them at home. It's just it's, the best. It's just for everything. It's like already been paid off, I feel like. And it's yeah. I've only had them since Christmas. So anyway. It's so fun. Yeah, they're the best. What's your silver lining? Oh, um, you can go first. Okay. <laughs> okay, good. I was so hoping you'd say um, that. So last week, I um, got to the gym about 15 minutes early uh, for my class, I've been taking spin classes and my gym has childcare. So I drop off bear that can take about five minutes sometimes because he's just crying and I'm just trying to like settle him down today. He did amazing. So that's a little, that's good. that that itself is a silver lining, but, uh, he's been doing better every single time getting used to the girls who are in the child watch area who watch him. And so I get to my class about 10 minutes early. I had originally tried to actually get to the gym 30 minutes early to drop off Bear and to get ready for my class, get a bike and everything. I get to the class 10 minutes early and I felt like everything had been going wrong up until this point anyways, but I was optimistic and I was excited to get to my class and it took a lot for me just to get there. (sighs) Every single bike was taken. I was so sad because I was just like ashamed and disappointed in myself. It, it was so many Such feelings an and emotions. Reaction. It really was. 
yeah i mean you go into the class everyone has a bike everyone's like getting their bikes situated so it's and kind ready. of a little embarrassing exactly. like okay whatever and then on top of that i i felt like putting bear in the child watch area took extra long mm. putting stuff in my locker took extra long like the just first everything. locker didn't work it was a lot of little things like that that just added up or the fact that sunday nights we usually stay in the night at my parents and so we drove 40 minutes from my parents' house, mm. dropped off, Zav. Yeah. That took that's long. a lot. And then to the gym, just all of that stuff. So. And what time's your class at? Uh, 9.30. So that's like a lot to do before 9.30. I know. Yeah. So much. Yeah. Especially when it's allotted like dead time. You're mm-hmm. just like in the car. Yeah. That's really annoying to me. And especially when I told Zav I wanted to get to the gym at 9.00. Mm. and it's not that it was his fault but then I'm disappointed in myself that I didn't try harder like try to get things put together quicker and so I ended up uh one of the instructors who I've taken a class from before saw me she's like hey just so you know this class this specific one um on Mondays it um fills up really quickly and so she was just trying to help me out and I'm like "Mm mm-hmm okay because I'm on the verge of tears because I'm just so pregnant and sad and so I ended up like waiting to get into the bathroom so I can actually properly cry (laughs) so sad for the first time thinking of there were so like all of the bathrooms were taken and so I'm like I can't even cry properly right now and let all of this out but it was really sweet the silver lining is I ended up just going on my own spin bike and I had a really good workout nevertheless. And one of the managers actually noticed me and she said that they're going to be starting a sign up program because she saw I'm super pregnant and that I have a kid. And so it's harder for me who tries to get there Mm -hmm. despite having a child and I have to drop him off and the childcare only starts at a certain time. Mm -hmm. So all that being said, it was really sweet because she really went out of her way to help me out. That's good. Yeah, it was really sweet. I'm happy. Are you um, Are you typically the type of person when you're not pregnant that gets like with situations like that? Do you have like this initial feeling of wanting to cry and then you're good? Or do you not get overwhelmed with stuff when it's like everything's kind of going wrong? I've just never really no- noticed yeah, I think I can get overwhelmed mm-hmm. when it's a ton of things that add up at once. Yeah, so you don't just get annoyed. You actually <clears throat> get, like, like emotional. E- emotional. Okay. Oh, yeah, and it comes from my grandfather. That's how hmm. he was. Uh, just more emotional. Just yeah. all together. I mean, he, he was more of a man. <laughs> yeah. For sure. He can put himself together. <laughs> but my mom, oh, gosh, she gave me... She passed down those emotions. Yeah. And so it's just little things like that. Um, That's just good yeah, to know I think, for me. I think I can get overwhelmed. But I also... It depends on the situation. Because yeah. I can also see very clearly when things... Because I knew I was just pregnant and that's where the feelings were coming from and I felt so annoyed that I was crying but you just let it out oh it feels better to let it out is there anything people can do when you're in that because there's sometimes when I can see you're getting overwhelmed and I want to help is there anything that I can do (laughs) are you talking about when you showed up at my house no no I wasn't even talking about that it's just nice when you're (laughs) it's that was not a panic (laughs) um it's just nice when you're with people all the time to know what makes somebody tick 
and then what somebody can do in that initial because I remember one time I was really overwhelmed when we were podcasting and then I you knew I wanted to eat but I was like I had to do something before the guests got there and you're like I'll peel your orange and I'll put it on a paper <laughs> towel. And to me, I'm like, that's actually so great. Uh, that's what I need right now to feel better. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, You're like that's a why, mom. <laughs> that's why, I, well, that's why I thought I was a two for the longest time, yeah. just because that's so inherent. But I think that's a cultural thing for me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And I think it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know the best way. Cause you don't want help to be, Cause when I showed up and I, I was like, know. let me help. And you're like, no, I, I really don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of those things where, um, I want my friends or especially my family, like my husband, 100% my husband, I want them to know me better than I know myself in that, that kind of a thing. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah, that does. Just like my birthdays of he'll ask me before my birthday, what do you want? Or what do you want to do? And I'm like, I don't know. What do you think I, I want to do? I want to know what I want to do. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I think Arturo is so sweet with you because he knows you so well. I'll text he him. Does. I'm like, what's her favorite cookie? He's like, oh, and he has like a top 50. I will say he is very good at that. I will say though, I'm very over community. Me too when it though. Comes to that. And Sav just doesn't listen. Yeah. Yeah, I guess Arturo is really good at it. I am very that, like, that's hey, just so sometimes I'm like, hey, just so you know, my favorite color right now isn't teal. It's actually burgundy. I've told him that. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like, you I forget. Just, I just like give him updates on things. Like, oh I really gosh, did like peanuts, so but like now I'm not into them. <laughs> but I don't know anything like that because he's not telling me that. And I'm like, can you tell me stuff I actually don't care about? Because I want to know um, anyway, that was like a tangent. I know. Yeah. Um, so, so what's your silver lining? My, I was going to do like a deep one, but I just don't feel like it. So, um, my silver lining is, um, getting summer clothes in the winter. I know it's weird, but I really enjoy it. So like, oh, that sounds awful. Okay. Well, <laughs> don't rain on my parade, please. <laughs> um, I'm a deal shopper, like hardcore. So I will do anything to get like a 20% off or a 30% off. And I've been shopping on Revolve a lot because mm. Revolve is just so expensive, but the things best. go on sale and which by ugh, right now there's this jumpsuit I want so bad and it's $250 and Ew. I'm like, yeah, that's not possible. But like if I was a jumpsuit, it would be this one. Seriously. <laughs> Anyway, so on Revolve right now, there's a lot of like final sale things of like my favorite brands and like shorts that are $200 on sale for like $29.99. And I know what size I wear in them. I got, I already got a couple pairs, um, but like there's literally jumpsuits that are like 60 bucks, but instead they're like 350. And so I'm just finding uh, key pieces from, cause I, here's the thing. I hate summer. I've talked about this since the beginning. So if I know that I can have outfits to look forward to, it sounds so first world and stupid but if I know I have like outfits I can look forward to summer is a lot more bearable for me sense because I just hate it and I don't want to feel gross at the same time so anyway if you ever want to get deals on random like shorts and stuff or even like getting coats right when winter is going out because coats last for so many seasons and then you just have it and you wear a new coat in the fall that's what I do all the time I really want this coat from Zara like so bad mm-hmm. my Those friend was wearing right it now. yesterday I know which is like twice a year and it sucks because I'm like no extra money for clothing and I saw the Zara sale alert come up and I'm like Ugh. I have so many coats I know this is actually a coat I would wear constantly yeah but I just can't right now yeah it's I used my hard. personal money at Target yesterday 
which you still got a lot of cute things. Yeah, I got I did. a and actually summery stuff because I need more like yeah spring summery. Yeah, things. see that's the thing. I once it hits January, I tend to stop buying winter things just because it's like uh-huh. before you know it, it's March and it's getting warm. Mm-hmm. So that's I'm trying to head into yeah. It's very it's like clockwork the seasons, yeah. which is nice. Anyway. So today, we have Bryce Miller on the podcast. Oh, Asher just meowed. I really hope you guys got that. I hope oh my so. Gosh, that was so, so cute. cute. <laughs> um, and it was such a great podcast. Um, first of all, the quality of the podcast so makes me so happy. Um, we did the same thing we did on our last podcast with uh, the boxes we talked into. <laughs> Which I would like to know if anybody recognized the difference. So please DM us if you did. Yeah. <laughs> they just go, because I've had a lot of people telling me, oh, I, I think that all of them sound good. I'm like, then I don't know your Until deaf. you have something. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you to tell you? <laughs> Until they compare it to a really good podcast. Yeah. Because I used to think that too. And then our most recent episodes came out and I'm like, whoa. That's amazing. That's quality right there. Yeah. And then I compare it and I start listening to another podcast. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ooh, that is some bad quality. quality. And it's a crazy high up podcast. Oh, too. Yeah, I thought you were talking about ours. You're talking about somebody else's. Somebody else's yeah. quality being really bad. Yeah. I mean, that um, happens, especially if you like a lot of people have like a platform so they get really they don't have to worry exactly. about that but for people like us who are like class c famous not class a famous have to worry about the quality yeah you know exactly but anyway um what did you think of the interview because that was the first time you met him but bryce and i are pretty close friends yeah well we ended up having a lot of friends in common which was really cool he is our age and he's so inspirational Mm -hmm. it's just so crazy the work that he puts into and he has to motivate himself and so that's why you have so much in common with him and Mm -hmm. you guys get along so well and you'll see that in the podcast but it's and his job is also really fun too it's so fun and so it's just crazy because um the music that he makes. I mean, you even sent me some of those videos on Christmas or New Year's. It was one of, of those days. Playing. And I'll play these on the stories, guys. And yeah. how he creates. He is just such a beautiful composer. He yeah. So we haven't said what he's done. So he, he creates <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he creates um trailer music. So music for trailers. He's like a com- uh, composes them. Um he lives in Burbank and he just works nonstop on creating trailer music which is such an interesting job you don't really meet a lot of people within that type of industry because he's like in the quote-unquote industry mm-hmm. but you don't meet those people like the real not that the people in the spotlight aren't the talents but like the real like the background down and, the spine yeah yeah so um it was really fun to talk to him and hear a little bit about his past that I didn't know about and how he got to do what he was doing um yeah he's really just really talented one of the most talented musicians that I know for sure especially because it's a lot of natural talent too and I don't think that we've really talked to anyone who's had that yet where it just comes from a really young age yeah and then how to um hone in on that yeah talent and I really appreciate he took a lot of leaps because you'll hear in the podcast but he um 
instead of going like one route he thought he was gonna like teach music um but he just decided to not and then he decided to not get his master's and he just went to Burbank and he worked hard for months without anything coming to him and he got to a point where he thought he would have to move home but he just kept working and that's like the mark of a true entrepreneur and somebody who's actually pursuing their dreams at all costs because it's really hard and I definitely relate with that just being like okay so I'm done huh? mm-hmm. and then you know you get a little a little bit of incentive and you just keep going so yeah yeah anyway really good podcast today yeah so I hope you guys enjoy the show um if you keep listening which I hope you do you will hear um Bryce's rendition of Somewhere Over the Rainbow for Godzilla King of the Monsters that came out last year that was his first full trailer um where he didn't just have part of his music in it but he did the whole thing so if you guys ever saw his the trailer for Godzilla in theaters that was Bryce who composed it which is crazy I listened to it the other day and I like had a tear in my eye. I'm like, this is I so beautiful. I was just beautiful. thinking about it and I started yeah. getting emotional. I'm yeah. not even kidding. It's insane. So you guys will be able to hear that. Um, and then if you tune in to the very end of the show, I w- am going to put in um, a song from monochrome, monochrome. I can't say that word. I can't. I monochrome. tried. Monochrome. <laughs> Mo- I have to say it fast. Say it fast. Monochrome daydream. <laughs> um, and I will link it in the show notes so you guys can hear his new album that he did. Thanks for listening, you guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bryce Miller is a composer who creates trailer music. He is also an insanely talented pianist and all-around musician. He currently lives in Burbank, California, and has been working on many trailers coming up for 2020. On today's show, he talks to us about making the move to pursue his dream and what he has had to sacrifice to continue to make it happen. We also talk a lot about self-motivation and how stepping out in courage and just doing what you love will always pave the way for success. Before the interview, you will hear his rendition of Somewhere Over the Rainbow that he composed for Godzilla, King of the Monsters. So Bryce, let's shake it up, shall we?
Bryce, welcome to the show. Hello. Uh, for those of you that just listened, you heard Bryce's work of art at the beginning of the show. He is Bryce Encore. Miller. He is the man who made the new intro. That's me, Bryce Miller Worldwide, BMW. <laughs> I forgot you wanted to call it that. Why didn't you just stick with that? No, I, I am. We're oh. waiting for the legal paperwork, but uh, I think it shouldn't be an issue. Are you I being think serious? Totally fine. No. <laughs> wait, but, but you could do that. We're going global. But wait, but you could do that. You just couldn't go by probably BMW with their symbol, but you could go by Bryce Miller Worldwide yeah. and make cards that say BMW. It'll only be an issue if I get really big, which in that case... Which won't happen, so right. it's perfect. Hey, then I can that's why we're having you on the show. Optimists. Uh-huh. <laughs> We are. Um, it's pretty comical the way we're all sitting right now because we're trying a new way to podcast. And, you know, Bryce is a sound guy and this whole situation is interesting. Hey, but, but he gets it. I get it. He yeah. Gets you it. do what you got to do. Yeah. We're hunched over for good audio. I mean, the it's isolation. True. I mean, I guess we could have raised all of these up a little no. bit onto something and it probably could have I really perfect. wish we did that because my back is I know my back killing. already hurts. This is ideal. <laughs> the way I'm sitting too I'm like having to straddle a stool like super comfortable um anyway well, I'm just uh, waiting because you have a story for us oh the coffee story yes okay so story so when we worked at the coffee shop together mm-hmm. and I remember when I first started working and I hadn't really been there for very long but I remember you had just gotten hired and I kind of knew who you were a little bit but then the trainer that day didn't show up and yes. then I went to the back and the manager then was like, you know, I know you're the newest one, Olivia, but you you should train Bryce. And I was like, like honored, like no way they see my potential. And I realized because of you, I was there so long because I'm so good at what I do. So because I was able to be your first test subject. Yep. Oh, is that also why I, I didn't know what I was doing the whole time I was there? <laughs> Improperly trained? Is <laughs> that kidding. is that why I got fired? <laughs> oh, yeah. shoot. It was a. A long play. Uh-huh. Well, uh, yeah, so we worked together for a while. <laughs> yes. And uh, do you want to tell us just a little bit about yourself and um, what you do? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I'm a composer. I write music for movie trailers, which is something that I didn't really know existed before I started doing it. But, um, yeah, I, I initially moved down to L.A. thinking I would be doing film composing, which is still somewhere on the table. But... Um, ended up kind of falling into composing for trailers and it's been a really exciting really exciting thing to get be a part of and uh there's a bunch of wonderful people and it's kind of it it's kind of different than the film composing community because it almost feels like like the door is open for new people it's a very young advertising industry whereas a lot of the film people are they're locked in they've been there for decades and so it kind of seemed like good timing, and I met good people and managed to somehow sneak in. Into Burbank. Into little Burbank. Into where the city where dreams are made. The, Burbank. Yep. The best city in the world. So what <laughs> is in Burbank? Because that sounds familiar. Is that where like a lot of TV shows are filmed yeah. and yeah. movies? So Burbank is actually where the majority of movies and TV shows are made. And someone brilliantly had the idea to make everyone think it was Hollywood to keep everyone out of Burbank. So <laughs> Hollywood is full of a bunch of tourists and all like the flashy lights and Hollywood Boulevard and big theaters and the sign and all that. But Burbank is where all the studios are. And so you have all the backlots and Warner Brothers, uh, Universal, 
Disney. Yeah, I remember driving by him when we came and stayed with you. You're like, no, guys, seriously. This yeah. really is where dreams are made. We're like, yeah, sure, Bryce, Burbank. It's, but and it's then you're so like, oh, not it's showy. It's like small yeah. neighborhoods and then giant film production studios. No, you are really tooting the Burbank horn. I love for Burbank. Sure. I love Burbank. <laughs> well, it, that's probably good because I feel like if they were in the heart of Hollywood, then people would just like mess with actors. It would just be right. too, yeah. there'd be too many people It'd there all messy. the time. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I like not being in the craziness too. What got you into composing? Why composing? Why composing? Um, funny enough, I feel like it's been the one thing I've always wanted to do, which I consider myself lucky. But um, even when I was really little, uh, I, I played piano initially and pretty much immediately wanted to start writing my own stuff. Um, and so I think it was, it's been a long time now but when I was very young I would say probably 10 was when I first started writing songs and they were just piano songs simple stuff and then uh, pretty quickly like I, I just found that I was inspired by movies and so I'd watch a movie with my family and then immediately like my my response was run to the piano and come up with some music that kind of portrayed how I felt about that movie or what I thought would fit in it and um yeah, and then that blossomed into, in, in high school, I was in band and did all the typical band nerd things. <laughs> and, um, and then in college, I was able to study composition and uh, really learn about film composition specifically and grow from there. But yeah, I, it's always, I don't know what else I would do if I wasn't composing. Um, it's been like the one thing for me. It's both my work and my play, I guess. I'm very jealous. Of yeah, that's, yeah, that's the perfect that place to be. That's why dream. I'm I'm glad that it worked out. Because <laughs> what uh, else would you do? If I moved down there and it all flopped, <laughs> I honestly don't know what else I would do. Yeah, and to what point? I mean, it's a passion. So you, when you feel passionate about something, it's easier to keep motivating yourself. Very much so. And so for you, how has that looked? Because I, I can't imagine that you just had a job ready for you in Burbank. Yeah, no, it was super easy. It was, uh, <laughs> you know, I just hopped down and Steven Spielberg called me up. No, um, yeah, I think I think you hit it on the head with um, because it's been such a passion of mine and such a focus, it has been able to get me through some like pretty pretty hard challenges, especially like first moving down I'm kind of shocked that I moved down there looking back just because it's like the cliche LA story of I had no job, I had no prospects of a job. I knew one person and I just but I was like I just got to go to LA because I'm going to I'm going to be land. in Hollywood, right? <laughs> yeah. Which I think is what pulls a lot of people there. But um yeah, I and, and luckily I initially just sent out emails to people, you know, cold calling, seeing if there was anyone down there who might need someone. And I uh, was able to get co in contact with uh, a guy named Troy who owns a company called Alloy Tracks. And they specialize in, in trailer music and trailer sound design. And he just asked if I had a demo. I sent him some music. And I, I think even from, even from that point, I was like, this is gonna be easy, right? You know, I already made a contact, here we go. And then from that point until it actually started making ends meet was a while. It was it was maybe about eight months that was just there, composing every day, slowly working my way through my savings, and uh, and it got to it was it was July, two thousand seventeen, 
was when I was, I was kind of at, at the end of my rope where it was like nothing had really worked out. Um, I, I had been, you know, working as hard as I could, working every day doing music. And that was when I was like, well, if I have to pay rent next month, I, I can't, you know, <laughs> like I'll be calling up my family. I'm coming home. But that was when, when my first big trailer went through, which was working on Blade Runner 2049. And that kind of felt like, it felt like the, the nudge I needed. You know, it was just like, here's a few more months, you know? You can make it a few more months. Now just, just put your head down and keep working and get the next one. That'll buy you another few months. And I mean, I'm thankful that it, I, I enjoy it so much because... If I didn't, it would be kind of kind of grueling, which I think is pretty common for so many people who try to pursue their passions. That it's, it, yeah, you don't know what else you would do without it, so you kind of are willing to take it to, to the end. You're like to see content in the suckiness. Right, exactly. Yeah, I always, I was telling Lisa about you before you came, and I'm like, Bryce is the one person that Arturo and I, like, we have those long conversations in the car of like, all right, like, you know, like, what's next? How, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, and there were times when it's like, not good. Not, not good. None of us are doing well. We're, we're trying but here, we're, though. But we're doing it. And then it's crazy when you do hit that wall, like your breaking point, and you're like, I'm not, I can't do this anymore. And then something, yeah. something comes through. And it's almost like God's like, well, I'm not going to make it easy, but mm-hmm. here you go. Here's a tiny little thing to show you there's hope within what you're doing you. to motivate you. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, if you love what you're doing, you're going to do it no matter what. So even if you moved mm-hmm. home, you wouldn't have but yeah. even if you did you would have found a way to I would try have kept and trying you, would, you know mm-hmm. you would go again or whatever yeah but it is so hard when you hit that wall because then you just doubt yourself eight right. months sounds long but it doesn't sound long at all i almost thought you would <laughs> say eight years that's what i've heard yeah and so now but that, i think that's exactly it because in the moment it felt like forever forever mm-hmm. i'm like just just nothing happening here but now looking back and talking to many other people who are pursuing stuff and trying to start things up eight months is pretty short oh yeah that's mm-hmm. like, like that's I, so I would like love an eight months. i know yeah yeah which i i'm very thankful but I, and it's not like after that mark it was you know i'm just riding away for the rest of the time but that was the first bump that was like this this could work you know mm-hmm. the first yeah first I, nudge. I will say though you definitely are and i say this behind your back so it's true the most <laughs> talented person i've ever met and what? especially when I, it comes to music so even though it takes extreme hard work which you put in i think that there was i mean you you had a lot going for you bryce is the type you. of person that you would like you would say you would send me like la la land because i and you would just send it to me on the piano and he would just play the whole score and i would just be like <laughs> just in the car like crying like, play it again that's why i send it to you because i think you cry. cry when you hear it you're like you need to cry let it right. out a little bit you appreciate it but it is um it is really crazy. I, I often tell people that when you go after your dreams, you have to jump and just hope the parachute comes out. Because I think if you don't do that, you're not going to be motivated. You're not going right. to get to that point of survival mode. Like, right. um, I really got to make this happen. Because if you're just comfortable all the time, what's the point? You're not risking anything for, you're not risking it for the biscuit, guys. Very you know? much. <laughs> I have a question. And it goes off of a little bit of one of your answers of a past question, which is you would hear a movie and then you would make your own song about how you felt. Yeah. And then Olivia is saying what you wrote about 
uh, when you did the score for La La Land and sent it to her, it was emotionally provoking. And so I have to ask, what do you think, if you know or even understand that about yourself, is different from you in another person who might be talented but cannot be emotionally provoking? Do you think that there's something that you do that sets you apart? Hmm. That's a deep question. I don't. Um, Let's go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know, like a like a easy answer to that. Um, I think that this is kind of the the analytical answer to it. It's just that. that yeah, it's just that through through studying film scoring and watching a lot of movies, a lot of movies and TV shows, and listening to the music specifically, you kind of learn the the tools that they use like what things work in sad scenes what scene what what tools feel like too much like mm-hmm. what what ruins a, a sad scene and what really works and it's all kind of i mean that's that's kind of the the role of the film composer is to to fill the gaps that you can't see or that you like or to en- enhance the feelings that you're seeing on screen and I, I don't know I don't know what if I have a special talent for it but I I think it's and I, I actually well I, I think that with everything it's it's very much I, I use myself as the test subject mm-hmm. and if I'm working on scoring something I sit back and watch it as the viewer over and over and over and if I feel even after seeing it a bunch of times if I feel feel the moments and it feels like it's paced correctly then maybe it will work and then, I, yeah, I don't know. It's it's that's a very interesting question. I, I have to say, I think that it it takes a very special personality to do this, and so I I just want to encourage you in that. Thank because you. Because especially if you were thinking this way as a child, <laughs> I I want to say maybe this is what makes you. And I I forget the word, but um, like indigo children who are like so much smarter than other people. I feel like that's what you might have emotionally compared to other people because, I mean, I listened to, um, what was it? La La Land? No, not La La Land, that you just showed me. His music? Yeah, yeah the, Godzilla. Them, the Godzilla. The oh, Godzilla. Oh, Godzilla Monochrome Dream it, as well. It was crazy where it took me. And, like, <laughs> instantly in my brain, I started forming um, like scenes and yeah, it, it's crazy that's what, what I do. you do. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it comes hand in hand with being so passionate about something that you you automatically like pull that emotion because I don't get emotional about a lot of things, but there were times where I'd even be audio messaging like you when you wanted to be my co-host and I would just all of a sudden like start to get tears in my eyes and I'm like, hello, exactly. you know, but it's because it's like, I love this and I'm going to make it work yeah. and something in your heart is making you feel a certain way. So you just, it's like you never stop. And yeah. I think I think there are people that don't know what that is yet, but it's inside every single person. I definitely think so. Um, but it takes not listening to outside noise and following whatever that is, you know, because a lot of people are going to deter you. Um, did anybody make you feel like what you were doing was not good or frivolous or whatever? Uh, I don't know if specifically anyone. I, I think maybe just because I've been doing it since I was so young everyone just kind of assumed that's what I would do. Mm-hmm. Funny enough, though, uh, when I first went to college, I initially was going to do education. And 
I had a lot of people come to me and say, you shouldn't do education. Like, you have to do music. And in my brain, I'm like, well, I, I, I want to have a job, right? Mm-hmm. Like, teachers can, can be employed, and there's some, there's some security there. And so I, I had that in the back of my mind where I was like, you, this is the wise choice. But uh, I, I had a bunch of people actually push me in, in a very good way and push me toward, toward following music. I'm, I'm trying to think if, I mean, other than just constant rejection every day in, in my job, um, there hasn't been like one person that I see as a real dark mark. Um, it's, I think, I think something I've learned about the rejection that, well, so a, a little backstory on what I mean by rejection every day is the, the way that I work is I receive a request from an editor who is working on a trailer for a movie. And they give me a pitch of the music that they think would fit the the emotion that they want to push with it, whether they're going for fun and blockbustery, or if they really want to push an emotional side or a, um, a scary side, whatever it may be. And then it's kind of just a cold music pitch. I'm going off very little. It's very much just what I think might work based on what they've given me and just composing off my mind. We don't get visuals. Um, and often the case is it's just not right. And we either don't hear back or it just it just dies somewhere along the way as it's being reviewed by different levels of people. And I, I think what I've, what I've learned is that there's so much more at play than just you not being adequate at whatever it is you're trying to do. Um, and I... I think that's been a difficult thing that I still I still deal with all the time because as soon as I I get a rejection or something something flops and I lose out on a project it's so easy to immediately go to like what did I do wrong why was it not good enough why am I ever going to be good enough to get a project like that and I I have to keep reminding myself that that there's so many other things at play in in all of these projects whether it's just it, it just didn't feel right. Someone else had an opinion. Some there's there's so many other people that that have feelings about this that uh you can't control. There's so much out of your control. And mm-hmm. so I I just kind of stuck to continuing to do what I can do mm-hmm. the best. Yeah, I was just telling Lisa on the podcast before this thinking back to when I first started blogging and just thinking about like what you were saying when I would always get a no and it would always be a no or I would never get a response and it would just be like why like why why am I not good enough or am I not pretty enough like all these stupid things you go through and now I I don't care at all if I get a no I was telling her I'm like that's great that's good because that means that's that's a no for something wrong and it'll lead us to the yes you know and I feel like sometimes when people get yeses too soon, it's just not the right season and you could just not be ready for it. And it's like if you would have gotten maybe your first big trailer too soon, maybe you wouldn't have been emotionally ready or whatever ready for it. Yeah. And it all comes in the right timing. Um, so when so when did things for you, because I know, but when did things really change for you in the past year and what happened (laughs) (laughs) i have no idea what you're prompting me what a weird question uh so the the biggest thing that's happened this year was uh the the final trailer for godzilla king of the monsters and i think that was it was a big moment for me 
because up until that point, I'd had a lot of small things, whether it was 10 seconds in this, I have some some hits or like a a bouge as they call it the <laughs> the, the all the your effects, favorite thing which in are, every which are fun trailer. yeah no I, those are fun but I think I think for the longest time and since getting into this I'd really wanted a full trailer with all all music that was something I could be proud of and uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters was the first one and it was a kind of an all over the place way that it came about which I learned from. It wasn't just, oh, it happened to be what I sent them was perfect and it was all great. You know, it all fell perfectly into place. It was, I initially pitched, so the the trailer uses Somewhere Over the Rainbow, but in crazy Godzilla fashion. Um, I'm walking down the aisle to that. It'll be really over the top, but I'm doing it. Please (laughs) do. But I'd initially pitched it the summer before. So in like July, the year before. And it had just flopped nothing no one was interested wasn't right and then come february so yeah almost eight months after i had first pitched it we uh got a notification that they were trying it again that it was back up that they were uh pitching it again and it ended up landing and that was for the first trailer uh, tv spot and then the reception to it was so good that they then called me in to work on the, the final full theatrical trailer and it was, it was crazy. It was all, the, the editor came to us with some very, very unconventional ideas that were very odd. And when he first pitched them to me, I said, this is a bad idea. <laughs> and I didn't want to do it, <laughs> which now I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, shouldn't have done it. I shouldn't have. I should have stuck to my guns on this But I, I just said, this is a bad idea. I don't want to waste my time. And it was, it was, I know, isn't that the crazy? Audacity. I know, the audacity. <laughs> Arrogant boy. Um, but it, it was basically the concept of mixing Somewhere Over the Rainbow with a Foo Fighters rock song, which is weird. They're totally different. That's not going to work. Uh, and so I initially pitched it and just, I did it in like an hour to prove them wrong, you know? And they ended up really liking it. I don't, I still don't understand it. <laughs> But so then after, you know, a few weeks of revising that, they sent it up to Warner Brothers and they came back and they said, let's just go somewhere over the rainbow. Get rid of the Foo Fighters. And I was like, I I I felt like a little bit of a win. (laughs) But in a weird way, because I had gone through that weird, unconventional process of mixing it with the Foo Fighters song, it has like a rock rhythm to it it's all really rhythmic way faster than somewhere of the rainbow should ever be and it's it's got a bunch of crazy percussion and it was through that very backdoor route that the best project i've worked on came about and so now i've just learned that there are no bad ideas and to <laughs> i mean maybe there still are but to at least be more open and to not not let my own arrogance or my own whatever get in the way of stuff and trust other people trust that other people are extremely creative and have different ideas from you and even if you think it's bad it may be great because you've never thought of it (laughs) that's a good point yeah i need to do that more my way Uh, or the highway yeah (laughs) um so when you got your trailer did you feel like you uh got astronaut syndrome (laughs) 
Have you been asked that? No. What's astronaut syndrome? When you prep your whole life to go to the moon, and then once you go to the moon and you come to Earth and you go, but what do I do now? Because now everything I've ever wanted has come true. Right. So for you, obviously, maybe getting a trailer wasn't everything you've ever wanted, because I'm sure you want to compose movies, which you will do. Um, But did you feel like the day you got it, or the day it came out, or the day you got the check, or whatever it was, (laughs) did you feel like... Did something feel different? Did you feel happier? Did you just feel motivated? Or did you feel sad? I've heard that a lot from people. That's a great question. <laughs> no, I felt terrible. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Depressed. I, um, I quit. I felt very good, but I think it is kind of that thing of, is this, this is it, right? This is, am I feeling the way I'm supposed to feel about this? I've been working at this for three years and I finally got the thing. Is this contentment that I now have which um probably the answer is no don't take that the wrong way though I'm extremely grateful like I I can't believe that I had the opportunity to work on that and that I have the opportunity to work on other things but it wasn't it wasn't it didn't feel like the end at all it didn't feel like the thing I I had been going for the whole time if anything it felt like it felt like like validation that Mm that this is this is now a step in what will hopefully become a much longer career and hopefully like validates that maybe I can do it which um is a nice thing to remind myself but uh I like I like that the astronaut astronaut syndrome mm-hmm. yeah cuz I can't I like imagine now, yeah I can't I, imagine I, doing that your whole life and then coming back to earth and you're like I've see, literally seen everything I can see now right. what do I do but there was a movie about that uh, Lucy in the Sky uh, with Natalie that? Portman. Oh, no, different oh, thing. I don't know. We were just she was, she's a real astronaut, Lucy Cola. But oh. that exact, that's what it's about. She came back from space and just became like singularly focused on going back to space mm-hmm. and like cut off her whole family. And wow, that's yeah, some really, crazy stuff happens. Yeah, unfortunately, I've heard that with yeah. um, astronauts. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, anybody. <laughs> I think with anybody Space. though, because we were just talking yeah. about like how contentment is not mm-hmm. a situation, but contentment is a mindset and you could have a dollar and be more content than when you have, I mean, Very look much. at, I mean, if we can't, you know, take from every single billionaire who's killed themselves, you know, not yeah. to get like so deep, but it's true. But I think what you were saying about validation we as humans just need that with what we're doing, even if it's in like the smallest way. So I'm sure... Maybe yeah. you didn't. Maybe you looked in the mirror and you still saw the same Bryce. Exactly. But you saw a validated Bryce. Right. And it fueled you to keep going. And and I think I, you know, I I think I'm I'm fairly content a lot of the time. I'm generally an optimist, but I I think I I very much find ways find contentment in the good and the bad. And so I I think that's why I didn't feel like my eyes were opened that day, because it was just a different just a different thing and pretty soon that that peak wore off and here we are now like six months later and I'm actively working toward contentment and just being and I am I'm very happy to be doing what I'm doing Mm -hmm. um yeah so I got to go back to space now yeah yeah did it (laughs) make you nervous to make another to feel like you had to like book another job quick yeah like live up to it yeah because after that project um it definitely opened the doors and I got a bunch of requests specifically asking me to do that again, which is kind of fun, the, the ripping myself off. But sure enough, that, that trend faded over the course of the, the following months. 
and now we're kind of back in the, you know, the steady, where it's kind of it's keeping my eyes open for what might be next, and yeah, just keeping my ears open. Mm-hmm. How does the industry work? Um, because when you get a job like that, is that like a that's obviously a great thing to have on your resume, but are other people in Warner Brothers wondering who made that for Godzilla and are they seeking you or do you still have to grind it out and keep putting your work out there and be like, hey, look what I have on my resume. Still have to grind it out. And it it may be a case of like the company that we were, the editing company that we worked with on that, they obviously know me now which is really great, and I have now a good relationship with them and get to work on most of their projects, which is fantastic. But beyond that, it's kind of the same. Now, I, I, yeah, I have a thing on my resume that I can show you, but the, the grind is still very much the same. Would you consider yourself a starving artist? <laughs> uh, I, not anymore. I don't think I'm a That's starving good. artist. Yeah. <laughs> you made it. Yeah, I've made it. So, I have uh, beans and rice on my table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just do it just so you can claim being a starving artist. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> um, so when when Godzilla came out, wasn't there a big surge of other trailers not done by you that were copying the same format as what you were doing? There were a few. And how did that, did that feel, I'm assuming that was annoying, but did it also feel kind of good that you were causing a trend within the industry? Yeah, that was kind of crazy. Yeah. To feel like I had been at the the start of something, which is these big orchestral renditions of popular songs. To monsters. Because they, <laughs> yeah, because the trend that kind of came before and it still is lingering is the breathy female vocal with like, Yes, so I just saw man. that. I just saw that. Those on, happen yeah, all the time. Ones. But they're a little played out. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I feel like I was maybe somewhere near the beginning of the orchestral renditions and now they are very big and i i it, it's kind of a funny game now of like trying to keep up with the trend that maybe i was somewhere at the beginning of but it's still the train is moving mm-hmm. and uh yeah just trying to trying to see what what the the variation next the next variation of it might be there's this tiktok that i actually love right now and i can't stop thinking about it so i'll have to show you when this Please. is over and it's this guy who's on his piano and he's saying so these are three of the most um famous chords that you'll be able to recognize and so like i forget what the first two songs are um and so he plays uh the third most popular that you'll understand and it it's like um maybe six chords yeah. and then he plays the second most popular and it's maybe three and you're like what is gonna be less than that that i'm gonna recognize immediately and it's just one and it's my chemical romance the first chord yeah. that's played on the you just p- know it, goes, it. Ding! and you're like oh my <laughs> gosh i'm brought like to my black parade or uh what is it my black parade Oh yeah, yeah. Welcome yeah, to yeah, the Black yeah. Parade. Welcome to the Black, yeah, Parade, to the Black Parade, and I can see it playing in my head. And so that's what I was thinking when, um, when you said that you emotionally understand the music because I feel like that's what good music provokes. That's that's definitely what we're after because that's that's an amazing amazing phenomenon to hear one chord and know what it is, and 
I, I think actually on these cover versions that I'm working on, like Somewhere Over the Rainbow, it's all about playing with that feeling. Mm. And um, usually the beginning of the trailer will be really simple and sparse because you want, you want people to have that feeling of, oh, that's Somewhere Over the Rainbow or that's My Chemical Romance. You know, you want them to have <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that feeling. And then you, then you give it to them and have like the, the big rendition in the end. But I, I know that feeling and that's fantastic. That's, that's what we're after. That's it's crazy awesome. how little so it takes. Yeah. Because even in the in that Godzilla trailer, for the final section, I don't use any of the melody. It's just the chords <laughs> and your brain just knows how it goes and puts yeah. it together. It's oh, very that's odd. True. It's very Wait, I odd. I play that again. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, this sounds crazy. so much more psychological. And I think that's why it's so amazing to me because I love psychology. It's so much more psychological. The The fact that you can manipulate my feelings by playing <laughs> something, that's why I think music is so crazy. It's so mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, speaking of that, I want to backtrack a little bit because I don't even know a lot of this. But, I mean, growing up playing an instrument, I know, I mean, I quit because I didn't want to put in the time because I did for 10 years and I was done at that point. Um, But for you, when did you start playing piano? And I mean, you have to have a lot of dedication to an instrument, especially through high school. And I feel like that's the hardest time to be dedicated. Um, But did you ever waver on that? And like, did you have an ultimate goal through all of it? Or were you just like, I love playing piano? So I started taking lessons uh, when I was seven, maybe. It's pretty young. Um, And I did not like it. (laughs) It wasn't like I knew it was my thing from the get go. I didn't practice at all. I would look at my music five minutes before my teacher showed up and act like I knew what was going on. (laughs) That sounds (laughs) very familiar. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And uh, I don't know exactly when the switch happened, but I I think at some point, once I was able to start playing basic songs, it just made me so happy. And I kept searching after that feeling of, of just joy that playing songs gave me. And then in turn playing them for other people and making them yeah, happy too. And it's just nervous. like, I would always be, I would never play the piano or my harp in front of people. It was so nerve wracking, but you're not at all. And I appreciate it so much. I don't know much. if I would say I'm not at all. I I'm mean, just, uh, I haven't seen it. <laughs> right. I, I think I'm, I've just gotten desensitized to it now. You're like, I just know I'm so good. So I just <laughs> no, know I can that's play. That's definitely not it. <laughs> I'll be playing like, like I, so our, our tradition is I, play Christmas carols at our Christmas party every year and I still I get nervous about it and I'm like I've played these songs for 15 years I know this music these people have known me since I was born why am I nervous it's because but I still I still feel it very much it's because you've made success now so you're like <laughs> right. now they know <laughs> now they know I do this for a living no. but uh yeah I think I don't maybe it was just because I started young or maybe it was just who I am, but I do think that my emotions have been tied up in music for a long time. And maybe that's, that's what helps me do my job is that pretty much everything I feel is somewhere in music. Um, I play music when I'm happy and I play music when I'm sad. And so I, I just kind of follow, follow that intuition. I don't have to think about it too hard because it just feels very natural. It's how my emotions work. Um, Did your know. parents get you onto 
um, piano lessons or mm-hmm. was that something that you wanted to do and you asked them? No, it was my parents who started. They started both my brother and I, and he eventually switched over to trombone. Um, but they, yeah, I think they just general parenting mm-hmm. were like, this would be good for our kids. Music makes you smart, right? I think <laughs> it's they, the best thing. Did they have to push you at a certain point because you wanted to give up? Uh, yeah, I would say especially up until... Uh, up until maybe junior high was where I, it was just a thing I had to do. It was a, a chore mm-hmm. where my mom would give me a quarter every time I practiced in the afternoon or something, you know? <laughs> That's smart. Wait, that I would do really that now. Smart. Yeah, exactly. And cash. so it's like 10 minutes a day. You got to practice because we're paying <laughs> for lessons. So make this worth it. Um, and then I think it, I think it became my thing it, once I was a little bit older. And then I think through through high school and college, it, like I said, it was kind of, it was the only thing I knew, you know. Did you resent your parents ever? <laughs> and, and to what point did you um, start to understand and appreciate your parents? We know Kathy's listening. Not, so. Yeah, I know. Uh, hi, Mom. Thank you. Uh, you're great. Uh, I'm asking so selfishly because I'm going to force my sons yeah. into this. And I think I think that's a good idea. Even if they don't like it at first, because I didn't, I think it's I think it's so good for so many reasons to encourage music for a kid. I I mean, for me, it I, I don't know what it did to my brain, but it at least gave me like a social outlet and like mm-hmm. gave me a community all through. Because I had my group that I took lessons with and then band, and it I feel like it's played a very big role in my life. Um, as for I, I don't think I ever resented my parents because I always liked the music. I just didn't like the Practicing. The chore of practicing it. I enjoyed playing it, but um, I think the, the growing pains mm. of picking up something new, especially as a young child, is uh, not very fun. Um, and so I, that's why I think it was only <laughs> once I'd been kind of forced through those opening years that I, I was like, oh, this is fun. I kind of know what I'm doing. And then that's when it, then it became my mm. own thing. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that's also a safe thing to force your children into because <laughs> what could go wrong? Yeah. Did you hear Lisa is forcing her kids piano lessons? Unfair. Oh, How so she? mean. Piano I'm... of all the things. You hear that, Bear? Bryce says that you have to practice every single day. And you, will, you will get a quarter from him because yeah. he will be a millionaire. <laughs> I know. I think back to when I played the harp and I would have to play for like an hour a day and then if I didn't my calluses would go away and my fingers would get water blisters and I just remember it when you said growing pains that's such a good I've never really thought about why I quit and I think I quit right when it was just hurting the most right and it was just like I don't want to and then it was like we had to sell it and I don't regret it because I don't know where I would be at in my life if I would have continued to play um I hope to play again one day but it is that's so I mean that's the same with business that's the same with anything if you stop right before it gets good you're never gonna see the outcome of I think you're right and I yeah, that wasn't the only growing pain, and it's not the only growing pain with anyone else's things. There's there's the initial startup, which is hard, but then you continually hit the the next the next barrier that you have to get over to get to your next thing, whether that's starting a new job that somehow pertains or starting a business. That getting that up and going is is going to be difficult, and then even once you break through that, 
there's going to be the next thing that's a step to grow it to wherever you want it to be next and mm-hmm. the growing pains don't don't stop but i think but that's good. you learn how to go th- you learn how to go through them yeah cuz when you said earlier that you uh you didn't feel like you reached a destination that just showed me like how much of an entrepreneur through music that you are mm. because you should never ever feel content or turn I talk about that all the time I, I told him I was like if I ever feel comfortable make sure I get out of that and he right. says the same thing because um, the minute you feel like you've um, you've you've done it you've made it that means you're not reaching high enough right um, so I think that that's really cool because that I, means you're never going to stop succeeding in what you do yeah you know and especially now I think things move so quickly that if you get complacent and sit back yeah. everyone else is moving on without you you're never quite there yeah which is fun you know well, there's an optimistic look, look at that yeah yeah i think you could take things for granted if you got them too easily not yeah. i think i know, I know. <laughs> totally. yeah um so if there's somebody listening who plays music mm. does music composes or anything like that would you encourage them to because I'm not a really good spokesperson on college. <laughs> um, complete opposite, actually. Complete opposite. Um, other than for things, if you need it, obviously. Yeah. Um, but would you encourage uh, kids to go to school or would you encourage them to just drop everything and go to, uh, like, what would you, what would you encourage? I think that, I think that higher education is really good for what it's good at. Mm. Um, I learned a lot from it. But uh, I think I've learned a lot more not being in it. But also, I, th- I, I feel like I grew so much in college, regardless of my actual music career. But just as a person, I think I grew a lot. Specifically for music, I think it could go either way. I think that college is definitely a step that will help you. But it is no way a barrier. There are are so many other ways to get connected and to start working as a musician or as um, a creative person of any kind that feeling like you have to drop X amount of dollars to go to school and get a degree before you can start, I, I think is incorrect. I mean, for myself, after I finished my school um, at University of Oregon, my initial plan was to eventually go uh, and get my master's in film composition. But then I looked at the numbers and I was like, um, <laughs> maybe it's not great to start out like $70,000 in debt. Did I calculate That's, that right? Uh, that seems like a pretty big, pretty big burden to start out with. And so I kind of gave myself this time frame of, let's see what I can do in that time using the money that may have been dumped into that. And I, I was lucky enough to, to be able to get connected with some people. It goes both ways. I, I think there's some really good reasons for school. But again, it's it's not a necessity. Mm-hmm. So don't feel like you must do that before you can start working in whatever it is you want to do. Mm-hmm. I say just just do it. Mm. That's I like that answer. Yeah. I thought I was going to get a different answer from you, but I'm oh, you happy did. we're on the same page. <laughs> no, I mean... Because you're right. College is good for what it's good at. When I went to school, I don't regret going because I learned a lot. I didn't learn anything academically. I can't tell you one thing I learned, but I learned to be, I started to be an adult and I started to process things in the way I needed to. And I learned what I wanted to do, not go to college. So I dropped out. Right. You know, and it's like some people need that. Um, Yeah. 
But, and also I will say you were not lucky at anything. I don't like that word. You don't like you lucky. You earned it. Blessed. Hashtag blessed. No, I, I think, <laughs> I think luck is, um, uh, it's, a, it's not a good word. I agree luck with that. Is, because yeah. you earned it. You worked your butt off for True. it. Yeah. So there you go. There you Absolutely. go. Absolutely. Yeah. It, and it, it is a really interesting industry that you're in though, because in Hollywood or Burbank, <laughs> um, I don't like your tone. <laughs> Burbank. Or no. Because um, everyone just says Hollywood. Yeah. So Hollywood. Hollywood. In Hollywood, it's almost like you have to get them at the right time. It's a sweet yes, spot. It and is. it has to be the right person to say, yes, I like that. Especially for Very them to much. go back on your work and say, remember that one thing that we heard eight months ago? Mm. Let's go ahead and do that. It, and so that's the most mind-blowing thing to myself, which makes me believe in God all the more, that there is a reason that things happen yep. and rejection happens for a reason because we're supposed to learn something from that. And hey, maybe someone's going to look over it again and say, wait, we loved that Bryce guy. Right. Get him on the phone. <laughs> right. Rejection is I, God's protection. Oh, oh. That's nice. <laughs> I was waiting to say that. Love that and also cringe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do think that the timing thing thing is is big um because i I look at that if if that had gone through the eight months before it came back across my table i don't think i would have been nearly as prepared as i was eight months later and um i i think that too with when i first moved down there even though i my heart was set on making it happen right away by the time opportunities did come come to me I think I was way more prepared mm-hmm. having gone through eight months of, of growing pains, of mm-hmm. struggles. And even though they felt rough, then when the opportunity was there and that person thought to give me a chance, I was so much more prepared mm. and so much ready for it, so much more ready for it. Did you feel like you had imposter syndrome when you first got there? I love imposter syndrome. I, I love that term. I feel that all the time Good. because I'm sitting in my bedroom uh, wearing my pajamas, <laughs> just working on stuff every day. Speaking of that, can you explain? <laughs> because when you think of somebody who's a composer, right? I'm thinking before I go see Bryce in Burbank, I'm thinking I'm going to go into, I don't really oh, know yeah. what I thought. Hi. Yeah, nothing. Getting ready for a yeah. <laughs> Nothing crazy, but I did not know I would walk into an apartment room with a, what was it? A TV tray. Oh, your, that was early on. That was rough. Your, your, I didn't have old, a desk. your MacBook and a fold out chair. Oh you had gosh. one couch in the living room. There was no furniture. <laughs> and I was like, is this what Hollywood life is like? No, that's Burbank life, baby. <laughs> it's Burbank life. So that's I know true. you've had some upgrades. I hope, hopefully, you have a Nothing desk. Nothing too now. crazy. Um, but can you explain, like, what an average day for you? like looks like yeah it's fairly normal um <laughs> it's not glamorous in the slightest uh you you might you might appreciate this because you're uh, especially people that that work with an outward persona of not that you aren't yourself that's not what i'm saying oh, I'm but that you, that you right <laughs> but that you you know you, you're you're presentable you put you put out a very nice image and uh and it's exactly who you are. Yeah, I'm like, I'm but, just working in my onesie in my right. bed. Yeah. But that's exactly it. Yeah. You know, there's there's a difference between what everyone sees or, or how, you, how you present and that, what the reality is. And the reality for me is pretty unglamorous. It's just, 
I, I most days I wake up and check my emails and see who who wants what for what, <laughs> and often I'm just in my pajamas or just wearing shorts and it's very casual and I, I just yeah. work and email that's... it out, and then go on to the next day. I think that's the definition of success though, because <laughs> I remember when I wanted to be done working so bad, working for the man, you know, and I just wanted to wake up and just not do anything but do something but mm -hmm. not have to like get dressed and get ready and go out and that's what true success is like you living your life on your own terms and your terms are on a tv tray with a fold-out chair I, I have a nice <laughs> desk now i want to clarify <laughs> you, i have you feel a desk like you need to let i have know. two couches yeah oh pretty big well one's a love upgraded. seat but two Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> fancier yeah i know it's it's pretty big time it's burbank yeah uh, we don't mess around <laughs> That's cool. Well, but I, I think that imposter syndrome is something I feel pretty often because I'm, I, I work fairly isolated. Everything I do is, is remote, and everyone I work with is through email or phone or text. And even though we all are in the same town, it's just quicker to work remotely. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I definitely feel that imposter syndrome of like, am I really doing anything every day? Especially when I'm in a lull, I'm like, what am I... <laughs> what am I doing? Like I'm sending out all this stuff, but what's happening? And then, and then you do. Then I, I do have those moments where then I'll like when I do get a trailer, and then I go and sit in a theater with hundreds of people, and I'm like, so fulfilling. That was from my bedroom. Look at that. That is so crazy. <laughs> I know. I was just thinking when we were podcasting today. I'm like. I feel like I've done so much today, but what have I done? I'm like created a lot of content. Is anyone listening? Yeah. <laughs> I had like an existential crisis to is just listen to Is anyone talk. out there? Is anyone out there? Hello? <laughs> um, so what, what motivates you on a day-to-day -day basis? Because like you have to be pretty obviously self-motivated um, to get up to do it. So. It's a lot of self-motivation. Yeah. Um, and I think I, I think I am helped by how much I enjoy it. And that I find satisfaction in in doing my best in whatever projects, but it's it's a weird reality being an entrepreneur that I could wake up every day and do nothing, and chances are no one would really care because it's all on my own tape. It's like all on my own terms. Yeah, <laughs> oh Olivia my says that so Holy much. Cow. Like and nobody would care if you stopped doing what you're doing. Right. Because like, you don't have I to might, answer to anyone. I might have an unanswered email and someone's like, where where did Bryce go? go? Hi, just following up on my last email. Or just, just so nice. contact someone else. Or like, yeah, forget about you. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, and I think that is what pushes a lot of the self-motivation is just, it's very much what I put into it is going to be what I get out of it. Mm. And I find that kind of fun because then I can push it and see if I put even more into it, what could possibly happen. Um, and so self-motivation can be good, but if there's no self-motivation, it can be, it can be a struggle. Mm -hmm. Can I say what self-motivation has done for you? Because I was just going to tell you how inspiring this is. <laughs> when you said it from when you initially sent the Godzilla trailer, um, the composition for it, and the fact that they didn't get back to you for eight months and it was over that original trailer 
Mm-hmm. The fact that you weren't just sitting on your couch waiting for something to happen for you. You kept grinding it out and working it out. Yep. And the fact that you said, it's because I learned a lot in those eight months. Well, you didn't learn a lot by doing nothing. Mm. You learned a lot by continuing to grind it out no matter what reaction you got from someone else. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. Yeah. That's and good. I, yeah, if, you, if you're just waiting for your one one thing you've put out your one line that you have out in the water if you're just sitting there waiting for it nothing's gonna happen that fish isn't coming and if it does it might not be for a while um well that's really cocky to be it's really cocky not just of you but just like of anybody Mm -hmm. to be like well that was so good so i'm gonna wait it has to happen yeah it's like no the industry doesn't care or you you keep working on that one project continuously and it's like no get better that's why we love criticism. Yeah, like constructive, constructive criticism. criticism. Yeah. Not all Everybody, criticism. constructive, please. <laughs> Don't talk Keep about my nice. back rolls. Yeah. Um, constructive, please. Talk about my please. face, please. <laughs> um, and that's because we want to get better. And if you don't want to get better and you want to just keep working on that one thing, then you're, you know, you still have the same 70s haircut. Amen. <laughs> Pulling that clip right there. <laughs> you you got to learn how to finish things. Uh, finish it and go to the next thing yep that's really good because especially when i have no validation of oh it's great we we love it when i just send it out and i hear nothing Mm -hmm. i just have to accept that it was good because i think it's good and i tried hard on it and call it done and Mm -hmm. go to the next thing and see what new thing am i going to learn or try with this thing Mm -hmm. and i think i think you've definitely experienced that with uh with your account and with this podcast you know you you didn't you don't let technical things hold you back and if you're having a sound issue you carry on you You record the podcast and we put our head in a box but you just keep doing it you just keep doing it. you know and the next one hopefully it will be a little bit better better. and the next one you get better because if you were to let that hold you back from from doing this we wouldn't be sitting here right now Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's it's true hunched over right (laughs) yeah bryce wouldn't be here inspiring all of us yeah you can do it just do it. <laughs> well, yeah, I was I was telling a friend who's starting a business and she still works like a full time job. And, you know, the things she makes, like she hand makes things. And she's like, I just I just don't know. Like, what if it doesn't work out? Like, wh- why does this matter? And I'm like, because you've done what 90 percent of people haven't done. You've started. You've done this. You decided I'm going to do this and I'm going to work hard. I'm like, it might take you a few years, but you've done it just like with you. You send out music. OK, you never heard back, but you've done what a lot of people wouldn't have the courage to do, which is pursue their dreams and have someone listen to it you know like sending out emails to people sometimes you're just like all right I have to not care what Mm -hmm. these people are thinking when they read this or don't respond because I know what I did was good and you did that Mm -hmm. (laughs) Bryce what are your goals for 2020 we don't like resolutions Mm -hmm. we like goals what are goals we like goals um uh, my goal is to continue eating beans and rice every day. And uh, um, I think I thought of this when you when you brought up the astronaut syndrome, because I, I have been feeling that a little bit, that mm-hmm. desire to go back to space. Um, and I, I think it's I, I'm trying to not let it bog me down and just use it as a motivator. But I would really like to 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 top myself, mm-hmm. you know, and to see what's next. And um, I think a big one that's that's actually happening right now is to start the journey into more traditional film scoring. 
and somehow get that going alongside trailers. And that's kind of back to square one. There's a like there's a little crossover, but it is mostly starting again and getting new connections and working through things that I don't know how to do. And so I I think that my my main goals are in in trailers to continue to get better and to hopefully get an even bigger cooler project than Godzilla and then also to to continue to push myself on the the film scoring side and see where that avenue can take me and see if I can do them both Mm. those are good goals really good goals yeah um so we're nearing the end Mm -hmm. um and we always ask our guests I didn't really (laughs) ask you I didn't really tell you what I'm about to ask you so think on your feet oh no um but we always like to ask our guests what is the silver lining of your life slash career so far so just something bad which I'm we've kind of been talking about this whole time but something bad that didn't work out that turned out to be a good thing so the the silver lining through it is there anything you can think of um I can. I, I don't know if I can think of a specific thing that I thought would be bad mm-hmm. that ended up being good, but my silver lining for this month, I well. So when I when I talked to you over Thanksgiving, I had a lot of tentative, a lot of tentative yeah. things, a lot of very big tentative things, and they all didn't happen. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were gonna be like they all happened. No, and it was uh, it was a bit of a bummer of a month, mm. but. My silver lining was that after all of these had fallen through, I did get one, and it was the uh, the teaser for Respect, the new Aretha Franklin movie with um, you were talking about that Jennifer Hudson. Cool, and that was I very much needed it. I had some I had some bad days over the past month where it was just I think despite how good this year has been, you you get knocked down enough times and I was like man this is a bummer like how many like come on something and that was the last one that we got notice on and and it was a one that I I got and it was a really cool project and so that's my silver lining that after about a bit of a bummer of a month that I you know I had a I had a a good one congratulations thank you yeah (laughs) it's really I can't wait to to hear it yeah Yeah. It it was a very fun one Jennifer Hudson is amazing. She sounds fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Oh, yeah. yeah. Aretha Franklin is yes. amazing. Um, okay. Well, can you tell us where we all can find you? Um, everything that I, I do is on BriceMillerMusic.com. Bryce Worldwide. BMW.com. Uh, yeah, yeah. BMW. Uh, Bryce Miller Music. B-R-Y-C-E. And that's where you'll be able to see whatever I'm up to. And... Uh, there's links to all my socials on the website cool. too. I'll link them in the show notes for you but, guys. But uh, well. don't be looking out for too much. I don't post all that often. <laughs> but my website is up to date. <laughs> and the new Aretha Franklin trailer. Going yes. Out. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for being on the show. Thank we you so much. Appreciate your time. Yes. We'll see you in Burbank. In Burbank. <laughs> <laughs> Hey Shakers, thank you so much for listening. We are so happy you guys got to hear Bryce's story. We are also so happy that he got to come and talk to us about what it meant for him to pursue his dreams. Um, If you guys haven't yet, if you could head on over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, it helps us out so much. And it also allows us to have more guests on the show like Bryce to share their story and to motivate all of you. Um, You can also join our secret Facebook group, um, the Salt and Pepper Podcast Insiders. There we just talk about more of the topics we've um, had on the show or really anything. Um, If you keep on listening to the end of the show, 
Uh, you will also hear a song from Bryce's new album that he composed called Monochrome Daydream. Uh, coolest album cover I've ever seen. Coolest music. Uh, Stranger Things, 80s, really awesome, chill, fun vibes. Um, really one of the coolest albums. So I will link that in the show notes. Go ahead um, and go purchase it so you guys can hear his music all the time. So thank you so much for listening and we will see you next Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Tune in every Tuesday on the saltandpepperpodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and please rate and review. Follow us on Instagram at the Salt and Pepper Podcast. Make sure to like and follow our Facebook page and email us for any questions, comments, or ideas about what you want to hear on the show. We will see you next Tuesday.